All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's been a long time. Doing the Thing podcast has been on pause for a little while. Life happens. Um, I'm not going to uh, steal away from Phil's experiences over the last six to eight weeks. I'll let him kind of talk about that. Um, but some of that kind of contributing to us having been on pause for a while. Uh, had some projects of my own that kind of took away some of my attention. Um, but we want to kind of talk about some of that stuff. So we, we've learned some lessons over the last several weeks. Um, and yeah, we've been navigating them. We've been trying to figure them out and, uh, we're, we're, we're putting ourselves back on top because of it. And I think we're going to come out the other side much stronger and, uh, maybe a little bit wiser, maybe, uh, how to avoid some <laughs> certain situations in some cases. So, um, one of the topics, uh, I think the primary topic today that we want to talk about is, you know, helping points for when things don't necessarily go your way. You know, and kind of avoiding some of that victim mentality and and trying to avoid, you know, completely blaming somebody else for your problems, because that's not always healthy or conducive. So, um, yeah, let's welcome Phil. Uh, Phil, you want to kind of talk about what's uh, what's been going on in your life? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jason. And great introduction. Um, there's no way to put this, no way to sugarcoat it. Um, about five weeks ago, my mom, who was 89, entered into hospice care back in Ohio, and I had the extreme honor to be there with her when she transitioned. Um, I flew in on a Wednesday and had a good conversation with mom on Friday. Um, she was in kind of a comatose state, but I think she heard me, and I gave her my permission. I told her I'm going to be okay. You don't have to worry about the family. We're going to take care of one another. And the next morning at 5 a.m., mom transitioned, um, which in and of itself is a, a life event. Um, but yeah. then came the complexity. Um, my sister had her, my mom willed her condo to my sister. And one of my goals was before I leave Ohio, I want to create her home. I want to change things around and make this a place of her own as opposed to where my parents had lived. And I thought that would be good for her peace of mind. So we were one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday driving to Home Depot. I saw a car veer left of center on a two lane road, realized pretty quickly we're probably going to get hit. I got us as far off the road as I could without flipping the car over and we were hit head on. Oh, <laughs> You know, seven hours in the hospital, ambulance ride and all of that. I'm fortunate and blessed to say I'm walking, talking. Yeah, a little bit of, you know, bumps and bruises and cognitive challenges. Um, but, yeah, I've always had the motto, it's not what happens to you, it's what you do that matters. And when these two situations arose, I really had to look inward and figure out what time I needed to process and grieve and what time I needed to get back to the level of competency that I that, that I've always felt I had. And that was a journey. Um, so yeah, <laughs> thank you all for letting me share that. Man, I'm so glad that you're okay. And I'm so glad that you were there for, for your mom, because I think that that means everything, you know, you know, being there for those that you love um, in the moment that matter the most. So 
So that that's beautiful that you're actually able to do that. Yeah, thank you. It was um, one of the greatest experiences of my life. And look, we all know that life comes to an end at some point. It's really how gracefully we can help a person transition that matters. So we had accepted a long time ago that mom was in her later stages and final days. Doesn't make it any easier because it's all theory until it actually happens. <laughs> and yeah. then you're faced with, wow. And, you know, it leads us into the kinds of things we want to talk about today. And Jason has some experiences that Zomi's going to share. And we're going to flip to that part of the conversation in just a moment. But the grief and mourning that you feel losing someone you love and care about is no different than when you lose a job or you, you're in a insecure situation and you don't know what the future holds. All of those things bring similar emotions and reactions. Um, and the question Jason and I are asking ourselves is, okay, so it's happening to you. What the hell do you do? <laughs> and that's what we want to focus on today. So Jason, I think you had some things to share too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have some, some projects going on on the side outside of coaching and some of the other things that I'm doing and yeah, they're not going great. They're not going my way. <laughs> Plain and simple, you know, and um, you know, it, it created some challenges, you know, in the household personally, um, not so much professionally uh, because I feel like that's going great, but a lot of uh, personal stress uh, around that. So, so, Phil and I have been on this journey uh, and kind of been collaborating on the side. Instead of recording episodes, we've been venting. <laughs> we've yeah. been venting. But I think it's been a, a productive venting because I think that's something that, that we should do. I think you absolutely should do it as long as it's not, you know, taking up your entire, uh, entire life and, and you don't create this victim mindset. But I think, you know, I don't know if I've ever shared on the podcast, uh, might have been in the very beginning, but I was a, uh, I was a corrections officer in Montana State Prison between my uh, time, my time between the Marines and the Army. And that was my job, about six months as a, as a corrections officer. And, you know, we, we talked about victimization a lot and victim mindset. And, and so a lot of inmates that are very guilty well, you know, they'll blame the system, they'll blame somebody else, they'll blame other people for the situation that they're in, but no one actually, I've never really seen a whole lot of them actually own up to it, except for some of those that have been very close to being released and, you know, they've been doing the right things, they've been, you know, educating themselves while they're in the system and stuff like that. But that's a lesson I think to be learned for everybody is ownership. You know, we wanna own, you know, our situations, if it's healthy, it's good to vent and kind of talk through it with some trusted individuals and good friends and things like that. But at the end of the day, you have to own your situation and, and you know, maybe even realize that there's others out there that are kind of facing similar things as well, you know, and, 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 and there's a shared community in that, you know, you don't have to go seeking that community. I don't think that's the, the right thing to do, but I think maybe using that as a way to kind of process those thoughts and emotions a little bit. Yeah, well, I love the fact that, you know, you've mentioned a couple things here. The first and maybe most important is, yeah, so when we're in, when we're facing a challenge, an unexpected challenge, or even one we've seen coming, Sometimes it's very easy to stuff that monster under the bed. And like I used to do when I was eight years old, I'd turn off the light. 
I knew exactly how many steps to the bed. I would take two and jump so the monster couldn't grab my feet. <laughs> but eventually I had to shine a flashlight in the dark under the bed and prove to myself what that monster really was. And I think in our professional careers um, or our personal lives, we really have to, to shine a light on those 3 a.m. issues that we're concerned about. We have to be very frank in our internal conversations about what those are. And unlike the victim mentality that says, well, it's just because I have a terrible boss or my company doesn't respect me, you absolutely have to look at what can you do how can you own the situation? What's within your control to change? And are you willing to do those things? And then if you are, secondarily, as Jason said, we've been off the air for three, four weeks now, but we've been meeting every week and just talking through both of our situations. And when you are blessed enough to find a good mentor, somebody that is not just willing to let you vent, but is also going to hold you accountable to the things you want to do, and to check and challenge you when sometimes non-constructive thinking comes into play, when and if you can find that special resource, you absolutely want to utilize it to 100% degree. Yeah, have friends that call you out. Have friends that are friends you know, willing you to say, have hard conversations with you because that's how you know they love you. You know, and 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 putting your your head in the sand when things happen, it's. It, it it blinds you of ways that you can actually analyze that situation and focus on actionable steps on how you can overcome it. The opposite side of that is where people are working themselves to the bone, trying to fix it. They're doing late, long hours. And you know what? That fatigues you, you know, and, and to some point you start to become ineffective. So sometimes, you know, maybe you, you do need to just pause Take a take a step back, rest, recover, whatever you need to do. Take some time off, and then re reengage that situation with a little bit more energy. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, one of the principles that I studied for my second book is the principle of learned helplessness. And especially in times of stress or pressure. This is something we want to check the pulse of and see if it's happening to us. And what we'll learn helplessness is, if some of you may hate this example, I'm personally not a big fan of experimentation on animals. But the experimentation itself is relevant, and especially because it was done on rats and rats grossed me out. I don't <laughs> feel as bad sharing it, but there's a point to the story. So um, Martin Seligman and his team are really the lead tip of the spear in positive psychology evolution. And they've created a practice around positive psychology, but it springboarded from a lot of the research they did. And one of those research pieces was they built cages for rats, um, about a dozen of them. And on the pathway underneath the gate, when it was open, ran a, an electrical current. And what happened is, they would create a stimulus, they would ding a bell, the gate would open, the rat would naturally try to escape, and then they'd get hit with a little bit of electricity. Um, and for about an hour, they would continue to try. And then eventually, every single one of them sat in the corner and stopped trying. The complexity was, after about an hour and a half, they disconnected the electrical current and opened the gate. 
So at any point after they had done so, if any of the rats would have tested the barrier just one more time, they would have gotten their escape. But because they were trained by that experience that, you know, it wasn't possible, they gave up. And how that relates to careers and challenges and whether they be personal or professional is sometimes we fall back to our past non-successes and validate them and tell ourselves, there's nothing I can do, I can't overcome this. But when you understand learned helplessness as a principle, it really empowers you to ask meaningful questions of yourself. Are you letting the past dictate your future? And if so, how? Why did those situations of non-successes occur? What can be done differently? You certainly don't wanna wind yourself up like a robot and just keep walking into the same wall, but maybe there's a path to the side or over, over the wall or the other side, or maybe retreating and doing a circle. And what that relates to is the strategy you employ, the good advice you get, the books you read, that address your current situation and give you an actionable strategy. Mm. I love that. And you know what? You know, it, it, a lot of that revolves around failure, right? You know, success comes through failure. Um, I wish we can get things right the first time, every time, <laughs> but that's not always the case, right? And and like you said, picking picking out those learning points from specific failures is is key, you know, and 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 not giving up. Uh, you know, maybe you're not trying the same thing over and over again because I think that's a definition of uh, what insanity or something like that, um, but. But try in different ways, try in new things. You know, if, if you really want to accomplish a specific goal, um, you've got to be willing to fail and you've got to be willing to learn from it. Um, and and ad adapting a, a you know a specific kind of positive mindset around things is really important because failure can really beat somebody down, you know, if they're not ready for it, if they're not prepared for it, you know. So, you know, educating yourself on the front end is really important. Uh, but also, you know, doing all these things that we're talking about now, uh, when when things, you know, the proverbial uh, poo hits the fan, you know, it's <laughs> it's really freaking important. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, there are simple and there are more complex things. And I, I think in podcasts to come, we'll start to cover some very complex career ownership questions. Um, yeah. First, understanding what we're up against. Second, secondarily, what strategies can we employ? But regardless of situations and regardless of how you're feeling, and even if failure is a component of that failure, uh, feeling that you have, sometimes creating very small successes can chain link and build on one another. You know, when I was back in corporate America, it was about eight years ago or so, um, let's just say it was a somewhat dysfunctional management team I was a part of, and it took its toll on me over time. Um, so I bought a bunch of different um, like wooden plaques that I put around the house. The one that I keep in the bathroom when I'm shaving, getting ready for the day says, one positive thought in the morning can change your entire day. Yeah. And just that alone, every morning when I see it, I think about one positive thing, and it matters because when you find successes on a small scale, those successes aggregate together to become successes on a large scale. And especially when you are faced with something that caught you by surprise, 
you've got to get back to the success formula, give your brain the ability to do what it does best, and that's survive and thrive through challenge. Man, I love that. Yeah, that, that rule of aggregation, you know, and, and it just compounds and, and gets better. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, with the career ownership side, I think that's that's really important for a lot of uh, um, job seekers that we work with out there because, you know, they didn't get that promotion or they got laid off or the company's not, you know, maybe has some leadership challenges or something like that. And, and, and to them, they feel like they failed because they're not in that organization that's supporting them or something like that. And we go back to, you know, you know, and that's why a lot of entrepreneurs are born uh, because of something like that. And that's like, hey, we're going to go out there. We're going to we're going to use, you know, some of these, you know, parts of the formula of, of our past success, but we're going to reapply it into something else. That's more of a vehicle to what we want to accomplish. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's great when people find that that point of clarity um, and. and I had some of that myself, you know, I, I failed a military school back early in my career in the military. I beat myself up for it. I, you know, I, <laughs> I trained, I studied for this school. I was super prepared, but I got dropped out for, you know, a, a dumb mistake that I made and, you know, I learned from it, but you know what, that opened up other opportunities. You know, I probably, that was a, a school that I went to when I was an infantryman and, you know, one of the things that came out of that was my interest in, you know, doing other things, doing, you know, intelligence, doing other types of operations and, and kind of growing in a different way in the military. You know, it's like, hey, you know what, you know, maybe this isn't the path that's, you know, my favorite, <laughs> you know, maybe this is the this combat arms path. While I did, you know, eight years or so in combat arms, you know, I got a lot out of it. There was a lot of things I loved about it. I knew it wasn't sustainable and, and, and kind of, you know, going through that school kind of gave me, you know, some of that insight, giving me my own point of clarity, like, hey, maybe I need to switch things up a little bit in the military and, and play more towards the strengths that I want to utilize rather than the ones that I have to utilize. Yeah, love that. And, you know, as you're sitting assessing situations, I think it's important just to lay everything out, to think about what can you do and make a list without qualifying it, without critically thinking through it, just a list of 10 to 25 things you could possibly do. Put a rating scale on them after you've made that list to determine which ones might be most executable and uh, drive the closer towards the results that you may want and begin to nibble away at those things at a small and large level. Again, knowing that things take time as you incrementally nibble away at that piece of cheese, pretty soon the piece of cheese is gone, you've accomplished your goal. And I think you have to do that. And especially when you have a non-success, you know, not achieving what you wanted to in that school brought you to a new place in your career. We never know what waits on the other side of the challenge. And that's why we have to buck up and brace, head into that headwind, put our head down and keep moving. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and despite that failure, I had a very successful military career. Now, you know, I wouldn't change anything about it. And and you know what? Sometimes that failure happens for you. Yeah, certainly does. Well, I think um, I really love the the conversation today. It's engaging. It's good to be back on air with you, my friend. Um, Absolutely. And equally good that we help each other get through these challenging circumstances we both experience. So, can't thank you enough for the insights, my friend. Likewise, brother. And uh, 
if y'all are still out there, I know it took a little while. <laughs> I hope you come back. I hope you listen. I hope you like this episode. I hope you share it with your friends if you know anybody that might uh, benefit from it. Um, but also thank you for, for those of you that did stick around and, uh, we hope to hear from you. Awesome. Have a great rest of the week, everybody.